Good morning. Welcome to Hope Church. We're glad you guys are here today. I know what you're thinking. Why does Wes have a suit jacket on? And um, today we're, we're, we're live on Facebook, and I, I had this, like, I'm like, what if, what if by some chance someone lets my grandma see me, you know, like, and I can't be up here wearing a t-shirt in, in Converse. She loves me, she, she wouldn't care, but I was a little bit nervous about that, so I'm like, the first one, just in case she sees it, I'm going to do my best, and so next week I'll be back without the jacket. I just wanted to wear a jacket today, and last week I was wearing a t-shirt, I was like, man, and one of my friends came last week, his name was Joey, and he was just with the vest on, looking fresh. I'm like, I got to step my game up this week. I don't want Joey making me look bad. But we're glad you're here today. Welcome to, to Hope Church. So many new faces. I love seeing some of you guys that I haven't seen in a long time. I saw a friend this week. She's like, I haven't been in a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm back today, and I'm glad you're here today. And I was at the farmer's market yesterday and saw someone, uh, saw someone walk in this morning that I saw at the farmer's market yesterday. Glad to see them. And um, you guys know that our, our church, we always feed the girls' basketball team all their home basketball games. And here at the West Orange High School, and uh, I love doing that. And um, there's a girl there that's always high, always like high on energy. She's always super kind. She's always super nice. And and I was looking around today, kind of seeing some of the faces before I got up here today. And I don't even know her name. I just know she's that girl that I always like to talk to because she's always she's always smiling. But she's here today, and and she's an awesome, awesome kid. If that's her parents next to you, I love your daughter. She's a great, great, great kid. And. And uh, you don't have to know a person very long to know if, they're, if they got it. And she has it. I'm just excited. God's got greatness on her life. And anyways, we're glad you guys are here today. If it's your first time, we want you to know we're glad you're here. You're welcomed and you're wanted here today. And uh, we don't care where you've been. We're just excited about where you're going and where God's going to take you and what he's going to do next in your life. We've been in a series called I Love My Church. I love my church. We've kind of used this idea around um, for our church. We, we exist to love all people at all times and all places. That's kind of that's kind of what we do, and we kind of have some supporting values that kind of help us with with loving people. Kind of why we do that, how we do that, how what that looks like, and how we complement loving all people at all times and all places. And they're called our core values, and we don't we don't major on them. They're kind of just things that we just do, and it's kind of we don't walk around saying, "Here's our core values. We must do this." and it's not like that at all. It's like this is what we believe. This is kind of kind of things that we we kind of think that God wants us to do. And all these core values are things that God wants all of us in here to model. So this has nothing really to do with a whole lot to do with um, Hope Church and Winter Garden Floor. This really has us. This has everything to do with us as as individuals. You as a as a mom or you as a as a, as a daughter or son or whatever it is that you whatever it is that you do as a child. It's it kind of has everything to do with you. It, this applies to you individually. And and then as we apply it individually, we can apply it corporately here at. I hope church, but we exist, love all people at all times and all places. And so week one, we looked at the fact that we'll do anything short of sin to reach people. We want to reach people. We believe that we have the greatest news in all of the world, and it's the name of Jesus. And we want to share that with everybody. So we believe that we will do anything short of sin to reach people, to share with people that there's a God who loves them, who has a plan for their life, and he wants to do something great in them and through them. So we believe that. And we also looked at this phrase, we make it hard for people to go to hell by making it fun to go to church. We, got, we believe in having fun. Church should be fun. If it's boring, I think we're doing it wrong. If it's boring, we're doing it wrong. And so we like to have fun. And um, we looked at the next week that we are encouragers. That was my favorite message of the entire, uh, of the entire series. I believe today will be my second favorite. And um, I'm already excited. I'm already into the next series, Whitney. I'm already thinking about the next series. The next series we're going into is going to lead us up into Easter, and it's called No Other Name. I'm just excited about that. I was, I was telling I was like, I just, I'm excited about the next series. I, I think it's like an ADD thing. After about three or four weeks, I'm bored. You know, I'm like, this series is like, it's good, but I'm bored of it. You know, like, I'm already ready to get to the next thing. And um, you can't say you're bored of my sermons. 
that'll hurt my feelings, but I can say it. I'm like, I'm ready for the next, I'm ready for the next one. But we are encouraged as God's called you and I to encourage one another. Life is hard. If you, if you talk to anyone in life, you realize that life, life is hard. Things don't always go the way we plan. Things come up. Things come up in front of us and they trip us up. But we need people around us to encourage us. And then we also look at the fact that we are generous. Some of the most generous people in the world are the greatest encouragers. God's called you and I to be generous. We believe that Jesus, was, Jesus modeled generosity when he died on the cross for our sins. And so he wants us to live it out in the everyday life. He wants us to be generous. I went out to eat with some friends of ours uh, last night. And, um, man, well, you don't know people, but you offer to buy their meal. That's a scary thing because you're like, man, are they going to, like, fight me? And, you know, like... It's normal for Christians to fight, but it's not in public. You know, we usually just, like, you know, say it minding each other's back, but I'm just kidding. But, like, I'm like we're going to, like, fight at the register with this guy. I'm like, he's a truck driver, and he's stronger than me. I was a little bit nervous about that. I'm like, are we going to have this fight, like, right here? And so I was like, you know, I just got between him and his wife, and I'm like, just kind of used her as a buffer. And so we want to we want to encourage, we want to be a generous people. God's called you and I to be generous. No one's ever disliked someone who is generous. We want to be generous People, we do work last week. We do work. We work hard. Everything you see in here today is, doesn't stay here every single week. We have to come in every single week and set this up, and our team of people come in and help us do work. It takes hard work. If you're going to do anything great in life, you're going to have to work super hard. If you want to be a follower of Jesus and you, you want to do well, that's going to take work. If you want to be a business owner, you don't have to work hard. But if you want to be a successful business owner, if you want to be a great business owner, you're going to work your bottom off. You have to work hard. I love leaving out of last week, and I got a couple of texts from my friends. Hey, my spouse or my fiance, this or I, this guy here is one of the hardest working guys I know. Joe and Shannon are right there on the second row, and they got married on Friday night. Let's give them a big hand. And uh, Joe is one of the hardest working guys I know. He does not mind. Anytime there's anything physical labor, he's like, yeah, just, just let me help. Scott is on the third row. I can count the three today. And he's a hard worker. We do work here. Anything great, anything that's going to happen that's great is going to take hard work. And then we looked at also the fact that God, we, we as a church, we were, we're going to empower people to God, we're going to empower people to use their God-given talents. You're talented. Some of you guys are like, oh, I like this church already. <laughs> we, we use this phrase in our, in, our, in, our, um, in our next steps, kind of how we discover how we're going to plug in a church. We use this phrase that you're a 10 at something. You're a 10 at something. So just go ahead and say out loud to yourself, say, I'm a 10. I'm a 10. Yeah, like, like and I, I realize sometimes you, sometimes you got to encourage yourself, okay? So if you're like, I can't get anyone to be nice to me, no one encourage me, just tell yourself, hey, I'm a 10. Like, I just, just tell myself sometimes, hey, you're, you're doing well. You ever look in the mirror and you're like, hey, you look good today. Do you ever do that? Shake your head yes, because not I'm the only person that does that, because I do that, okay? Like, I, you're, you're a 10. You gotta, sometimes you got to encourage yourself, but you're talented at something. You're talented at something. You're a 10 at something. I... I can only do what I can do, and you can only do what you can do. I hung out with Armando this week. He took me to a uh, vegan, gluten-free something restaurant. I'm not even sure what I ate, honestly. You know, if it's anything free, I just don't. If it's gluten-free, I'm like, what are they leaving out? You know what I'm saying? And one of my friends like they're leaving out the flavor. That's what they're leaving out. And so, um, so I went there and. Good morning, Kenya. Kenya's got a little baby, brand new. How, how old's the baby? 15 days. Let's give her a hand today for being here. I have a hard enough time walking after one workout, but to be walking 15 days later after having a baby, that's pretty much impressive to me. And so we're glad you're here today and that sweet little baby. 
Um, they have a daughter and a son, and they're done, right? Two's a good number. Unless they come in twos, then it just makes it a lot more difficult. Um, we empower people to use their God-given talents and abilities. <laughs> We've laughed a lot already. I haven't even gotten to the sermon. Um, the week, this week, I'm going to change gears. Or this week, I, um, this week is going to be my, this is, I told you, I think this is my second favorite um, our favorite conversation, and I, I, I want to tread on it lightly. I'm trying to make sure that I, it makes sense to you. I want to make sure that you can, that you capture it and, and, it, and it captures you in here today because it's, if you listen to it or in, if you, and if you're living um, a life that maybe, maybe doesn't match up to this, you kind of can leave somewhat confused. So I don't want anybody to leave confused. I want to make sure that I unpack this pretty clearly uh, as best I can, but I want to look at this phrase today that we believe in abundance, not just enough. We believe in abundance, not just enough. When we, when, we, when, this, when we took this down and wrote this down as one of our core values, we, we looked at this, I looked at this word abundance and I started unpacking in my own mind. And, and when, it's easy for you to come here today and think about abundance and automatically you think right away to your wallet probably. You're like, oh, my wallet, that's, that's, he, that's abundance. I'm, I'm, that's wallet. But I don't want you to limit abundance to your finances because you, you could, probably you don't realize it a lot, but you, you may not be in abundance in your, in your finances. Maybe for some of you guys here today, you may think of relationships. If you, if you know me, I love to hang out with people. That's, that's what I was planning on doing. My, my plight in life is to love people. That's, that's why I existed. Our values, the, our mission to love all people, that's my life mission. I, I pray every night with my kids. Most nights I pray with my kids, and I, I, say, when, when I pray with them. I say, dear Jesus, and um, usually I say something like this when I start praying. Them, dear Jesus. Help me not spank my kids before I put them to bed. <laughs> and um, you're, you're not laughing. I'm being serious. That's, that's kind of how I pray. And those of you guys are laughing like, that, he's not kidding. Um, but I'm like, God, please don't make me spank them right before they go to bed. And Hope told me the other day, I, I said, Hope, last night, I said, if you're not good tomorrow, I'm going to spank me. I'm going to spank you. And she goes, you would spank me on a Sunday? I'm like, darn right I will. You know what I'm saying? We do work. Um, I, I, I prayed them, and I, so I prayed them, I said, God, I'm, I help them to sleep well tonight, help, um, help my, I, I, if I'm praying with Trip, I'm like, God, help Trip not to get out of his bed and come lay at the foot of my, foot of my bed, <laughs> I don't want him in my room, you know, and, but when I, when I pray for them, I say, God, help them tomorrow to go out and to, to love people, and to be kind and to be generous, and um, that's kind of what I pray for them at night, for the next day, like, I'm just praying, because the next morning, I don't want you to think I'm, like, this super down anything. I don't pray for them the next morning. I'm, like, just trying to survive to get them ready and in the car, and I, I mean, Diana, get them ready and get them in the car, and then I just drive, and then I get the, when it's just the older Tuesday, I just kind of push them out the car and keep going, but when it's the twins, I push the two out, I drive around and park, and then I get out, and I walk the two-year-olds um, to their, to the class, but I want my kids to love, to love people, and to, to being a Christian. Maybe you're relationally, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you have abundance in this area of relationship. Maybe some of you guys, and you forget to do this, but maybe you're, you're abundant in the area of your health. Maybe you've never had any, any health problems. Your, your health is just good. You, you have good health. Maybe you're abundant in your health. So you could be abundant. Maybe emotionally, you're, maybe emotionally you're abundant. You're like, man, I just, I'm together emotionally. Some people, they struggle with that. Or maybe you're, maybe you're men- mentally your, your, your abundance. There's so many different things that you can be abundant in. I think God wants you to be abundant in a lot of areas of your life. And here's where we got that from. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that Satan, or the thief, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God says in the scripture, I came so that you may have life and have an abundant life. 
John 10, 10. God didn't come so you can have a life. God didn't come so you could just get by. God didn't come so you could just barely scrape through and, and just live Friday to Friday and live week to week and paycheck to paycheck. Bible says, and John says, I, I, God says, I came to give you an abundant life. I didn't keep just to give an ordinary life. An ordinary life, I'll be honest in here today, an ordinary life is not worth living. God, that would be, if I just lived an ordinary life, I would be bored. My ADD would be at a whole nother level. H-N-L. Whole nother level. I would be all over the place. God wants us to live this abundant life. He wants it to be abundant. Another, bio, another translation uses the word fruitful. He wants you to have a fruitful life. And so I begin to look at this word abundant to this week and this word um, and talk about how do you measure abundance? Because we, we want to, some of you guys are like, how do I know if I'm living an abundant life? How do I measure how do I measure the abundant life, Wes? Because I want to know if I'm doing it right. Every time you come in here on a Sunday, you usually you leave and you evaluate. Or maybe through this time that we, I talk and you listen, maybe you're evaluating your life and where you sit at. And you're asking yourself this question, do I, am I living this abundant life? Do I have, am I living life to the fullest? Am I getting everything? Am I maximizing life the way I'm supposed to maximize it. So I went on a little bit further and dug a little bit deeper and I looked, I, God led me to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. The Bible says this, now to God who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or think, ask or imagine or according to his power that is at work within us. The Bible says and, and Paul says this, God can do immeasurably more in your life. And so let's take a, just a second just to kind of capture that for a little bit. So God's, God wants you to have this abundant life. Wes, how do I measure if I'm having an abundant life? And, and so I brought, a, I brought one cup today. That's all I brought was one cup. And this is probably really good for, like, if you're making uh, um, Kool-Aid or tea, like one cup. I don't know if you're using that load this up with sugar. I don't really know how much you, we use. I feel like in my house, it, in our, in our uh, drawer, there's a third cup. And I remember when the babies were small, we would take that little third cup up and we'd fill it up with oatmeal and we would dump it in there and put two things of water in there and we would dump it in there. They got a little bit older, we got the quarter cup for them. And uh, so I gave them the quarter cup and with twins, everything is double. So now I, I realize we use the half cup a lot. I hardly, I, I never use this. I'm not even sure. Do you use this? Yeah, she uses it. So I'll promise to bring it back home. Promises are meant to be broken. But anyways, I'm just kidding. I, we have this cup here and we can measure with this. This, is, this helps you to measure things. But the Bible says that God says in his word, God says, I've come to, I can actually do immeasurably more. You actually can't measure all that I could do in your life. You can't even measure that. And to me, when I read that, I'm like, well, that's encouraging because sometimes I try to measure if I'm living an abundant life. Sometimes I'm trying to measure if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing pretty good. And it's easy to, to, to look at someone across the aisle from you or maybe to go in the parking lot and to maybe measure up with them to see how well you're doing. But the Bible says when you, when we spend time with God that, and we read his word and, and we, we follow these commands that we know more about him and he tells us you, you actually can't measure all that God can do in your life. And if you're, and if you're here today and you're having a low moment and you're thinking, man, I, God, I can't be, I can't even be used. Like I just don't have the talents and the abilities and I'm here today to remind someone today or encourage someone today that God wants to do immeasurably more in you too. We said this a few weeks ago. If you're not dead, God's not done. If you're not dead, God's not done. God wants to do immeasurably more in and through and around you. He wants to do that. We said this a while back that you're the average of your five closest friends. I want to be around people that are living the abundant life. 
Because you're going to trend the way that everyone else around you is trending. If all your friends are discouraging, guess what you're going to be? <laughs> discouraging. If everyone that you're around, every, if everyone you're around, you like having them because they just complain and we just, it's one big complaint. You're going to be a complainer. And no one likes a complainer. No one likes a complainer. Sometimes I have these things that go on in my mind, and I don't know if they come out, out loud, but I say them anyways. But nobody wants to be around a complainer. If your friends are doing well relationally, and you're doing, you're going to trend. Joe and Shannon got married this week. And I asked Joe and Shannon, I said, do you, have, do you guys have a lot of friends that are happily married? I said, because you're going to trend. If the, whatever you're you're going to trend that direction. So you're, you're going to be the average of your five closest friends. I want to be around people that can't measure their abundance. Because the, they believe what God says. And God says you can't really, it's really impossible to measure the abundance that I have for you. And I want to say this to you too before we get to how do you get the abundance. Because you're all here like, hey, how do I get the abundant life? Because I want the abundant life. If it's measurable... If in your life right now you're measuring your abundance, God has so much more. Because he's, he's a part of immeasurably more. You can only get your mind around things that are, you can kind of put numbers around. Things are going pretty good. If that's your measurement, if you're saying, I'm doing things are doing pretty good, and I'm liking it, God wants to do so much more in around you. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, also says in Luke chapter 11, that your Heavenly Father gives good gifts to those who ask. And God wants to give you good gifts. That's what he wants to do. Like, you guys that are parents in here today, you really want to give your, you really want to give your kids gifts. You want to do well for your kids. You want to work hard. And you, want to, you want to bless your kids. And hopefully you want your kids to do better than you did. You want them to go further than you, than you did. And and I, you know, if you have two options in here today, uh, the garments are here today, and, and they have a uh, 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 high school boy that just graduated, and he's in college a semester early, and you have a high school student. But I'm in a Bible study with Rob, and Rob is always bragging on his kids. He loves his kids. I feel like we always start off, I'm like, tell us the latest with your kids. You know, he, he loves that. God wants to brag on you. He wants to give you, give you good gifts. He wants to... He wants to help you have that abundant life. God wants to do that. I don't know what school of thought you came from or, or maybe your background or church, but wherever it is, the Bible teaches, based on these three verses alone, really we don't even need these three verses. We can just go to John three sixteen, and not, if someone that's going to give you his life, it doesn't get any better than that. And the Bible says he gives life. So let's open up, if you have a Bible, to 2 Kings chapter 2. I want to read a pastoral scripture to you today just for a few moments that I think that we can, we can grab some really cool things out of this text today. I love this pastor scripture because I've never read it before. I never taught on it before. But here's what we did last week. Last week we talked about working. Elijah anoints Elisha, okay? And my wife was like, you got to make that simpler. And I'm like, I can't. It's pretty simple. Elijah, the J, he came first. He anoints a guy named Elisha who came second. J, S. S is the second in the alpha. S is further along the alphabet than the J is. So Elijah is watching this guy named Elisha. And God says to Elijah, I want you to bless him. And I want you to use him in a great way. And I want, I'm going to use him. I've got, he has greatness on his life. I'm going to do something in and through and around him. 
I want to bless his life. I'm going to use him. And so Elijah goes up to Elisha and says, Elisha, God wants to use you. And Elisha says, okay. And Elijah just does what he's supposed to do. Now, when Elisha sees Elijah, Elijah is walking behind these oxen, and he's plowing the ground. And Elijah walks up behind Elisha, and he says, Elisha, you're the guy. Like, you're, you're taking my place. You're going to... You're my predecessor. You're going you're gonna to follow after me. You're going to do what you saw me do. You're going to go where you saw me go. You're going to heal the way you saw me heal. You're going to do miracles. And so Elisha says, man, me? And, Elijah, and, God, and Elijah says to Elisha, yeah, you. Elijah takes his oxen. He takes out his hacksaw. He hacksaws it. He builds an altar. He goes to the oxen. He kills the oxen. He cooks the oxen, medium to medium rare. And he gave out the stake, or the oxen, to all the people in the village. It sounds crazy, right? Because I'm going to talk about having an abundant life, and Elijah and Elisha both live the abundant life. But before we get too far, I want you to know, Elijah says, Elisha, you're going to be like me. Now, Elisha says, I'm in. I'm going to follow you. Elijah was a prophet, the first guy. He didn't have a house. He didn't have a job. He went from place to place to place. At some point, he says to the people, God's going to cause a famine, and a famine happened, and God used birds to feed Elijah. In the scripture, Elijah, there was this, when Elijah would go and speak different places, the Bible talks about there's this, there's this lady there in, 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 who had no kid, and her and her husband built Elijah a space in his house for him to stay every time he went there. He had no, no place to even rent. He just lived from place to place. So it wasn't a very it wasn't a very glamorous thing to say, oh, I get to follow Elijah. Elisha was doing well. He had a big team of oxen. And he had to leave all that to go and follow Elijah. So he goes and spends some time with Elijah, and he sees what Elijah does. Now, Elijah, in the scripture, Elijah does about 14 different miracles that are recorded here in the Kings. Elijah does that. So he's done some pretty incredible things. And Elisha gets to go and see him do some of these incredible things. And Elisha is just preparing to go and do what he saw Elijah go and do. You and I are called to be like Elisha as well. We're just supposed to do what we saw Jesus go and do. That's why we love people. That's why we encourage people. That's why we, we want to know. We want to follow. We want to reflect the character of Jesus Christ. We do all that because that's what Jesus did. And we just want to model what we saw Jesus do. And Elijah just modeled what God wanted him to do. And Elisha just watched him. He just fought around and watched him. And his job, he went from being this guy, a business owner, to being the guy. I was out at Matt's place this week, and Matt has a, has a, has a lake. I don't know many people who own a lake. Matt owns a lake. And, and the boat driver, he says, hey, we need some more gas. Like, you go from being, could you imagine from being the business owner, Matt, to being the guy that just goes and gets the gasoline? Like, that's a, that's a pretty big demotion, if that's a word. He gets demoted hardcore. He says, I'm here. I've got this business. I'm going to leave my business to go and follow and carry Elijah's jacket, basically, is what he's going to go and do. And follow him. Go where he goes and spend time where he spends. And let's pick it up here. In 2 Kings chapter 2, there's a really cool thing that happens in this passage of Scripture. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for God has told me... To go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives, 
and you yourself live. I'm never going to leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. Elijah and Elisha here. Elisha says, I'm staying with you, man. I'm not missing out. Like, I've watched you do some crazy things. And I want to, you, you live the abundant life. And I'm going to track with you, bro. You and I are in this together. Where you go, that's where I'm going. I know Jesus might have told you that. I'm not interested. I'm going where you go. As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. Verse 3, the group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha said, but be quiet about it. Don't tell anybody. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again. He's told him again, you've got to stay here. But he says to him again, no way. Of course I know. He said, Let, uh, be quiet about it. Verse, verse 6, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives, and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. He's committed. This guy was committed. If you're going to do anything great, it's going to take hard work, and it's going to take great commitment. Elisha was committed to hard work, and he was committed to, to, to being committed. He was, he was committed to being committed. And so, verse 9, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, Please let me inherit, inherit a double portion or a double share of your spirit and become your successor. He goes, I want to do greater things than I even saw you do. I want, to, I want to have greater faith than you have. I want to have greater obedience than you have. I want to be, so, I want to be, I want to be two times, I want to be so much more closer to Jesus than you ever were. I want to be like so close to Jesus. I don't even, I don't even wonder or wonder where my paycheck's going to come. I don't even want to wonder where I'm going to be at relation. I don't know where, I don't want to wonder about anything. I want to be so close to you. I don't want to miss out on anything. I mean, that's desperate. I don't want to miss anything. I want to have so much more than even what you, what you had. I want greatness all over my life. I want that. And I don't want to miss it. I want double what you had, he said. Verse 10, you've asked a difficult thing, Elijah. If you see me, and here's what he says, and here's the deal. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request but if not, then you won't. It's, it's a plot twist. He says here in this passage of scripture, hey, bro, I need you to, Elijah, Elijah says, Elijah, stay here. I need to go here. Nope. Go a little bit further. Hey, Elisha, stay here. I'm going to go. Nope. And now he says here in this passage, I want double portion. He basically says, if I, get, if I see you ascending to heaven, if, if you see me ascending to heaven, then you get the portion. But if you don't see me, if you don't see me, then you don't get the portion. Now, don't you think his desire to stay closer is even that much greater? Now he's like, yeah, you ain't losing me now, bro. Like, you can't, you ain't getting away from me. Like, there's nothing that's going to separate me from you. I'm staying right there. <clears throat> Elisha replied, let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken away, then you'll get your request. But if not, then you won't. Verse 11, as they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared. Drawn by the horses of fire, it drove between the two men. Can you just picture this for a moment? We're hanging out. We're talking. 
you're just you're normal. You're trying to figure out with your friend or your spouse right after church where you're going to go and eat. And if you're a guy, you know you're not going to pick anyways, but you're still having the conversation about where you're going to go. You're saying, no, honey, you pick. No, you pick. And you're thinking, all I really want is wings, babe. And you don't. So where would you like to go, sweetie? That's what I do anyways, you know. And they're having this conversation in a chariot of fire. Just meet me, come on through. Rolls up right between them. They're having this conversation. A chariot of fire, the Bible says, comes right through them. It separated them. And Elijah was carried away by a whirlwind in heaven. Elisha got in the chariot and he rode out. Now that's a way to go out. That's just, just straight going. There's only two guys in the Bible that went to heaven alive. You're not, and you won't be the third. Like we, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, that it's appointed for man to live once and to die. We're all going to die. The chariot picks him up. He hops in and they go up to heaven like a whirlwind. Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. As they disappeared from the side, Elisha tore his clothes in distress, which we don't have time to get into that, but that's a normal thing in the Bible days. (laughs) Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elisha's cloak and cried out, where is the Lord, the God of Israel? Then the river divided and Elisha went across. Now that's some sick stuff right there. When I get to CrossFit on Monday, because I go almost every Monday, Lee always says, did you know what you said on Sunday? Like, yeah, that's sick. Like, I think that was like early 2000s, but I'm still going with it. You know, I don't know what the new, oh, the new word now is lit, but I'm not, I'm, I'm told to say that. And so like, I'm just stuck with sick. That's sick. Like a chariot falls through. He, he tears off his cloak. Elijah goes into mourning, which is super normal. He grabs the cloak. He walks over and he just goes, boom, mic drop, the cloak on the ground. The water goes up and Elijah walks through. Like, how about that for God delivering? That gives me goosebumps. It makes me sweat. I don't know if it's the jacket or if it's the word, but the point is he just walked over and said, boom, and the thing came open. He walked through. I'm coming here today to tell someone today that you might think it's over, but it's not over. No matter where you're at in life, it is not over. If you're here, it's not over yet. No matter how deep you're in, you're not in that deep to get out. No matter how far you are far away, you're not too far to get away, to get close to Jesus, but to walk through. And you're here today and you're probably thinking, man, God, I just need you to drop your cloak from heaven. You don't need God to drop a cloak from heaven. You don't need me to tear something in two for you. You just gotta walk, we just gotta pick up today and walk up today and start believing and start following Jesus. And God wants to start parting water for some of you guys in here today. And you want the water to part, but it's not gonna part unless you want it to part. It's not in, God's not incapable to slow part waters in case you're wondering today. You're like, mine's too big, Wes. It's not too big for God. So Wes, how do I make the water part? Because that sounded really good. I'm interested in seeing the water part in my life. Wes, I'm interested in a, I'm interested in immeasurably, immeasurably more. Here's the first thing. Number one, believing always precedes abundance. 
Believing always precedes abundance. If you don't believe, you'll never ever receive. You just never will. This week, we're, um, this week at, at the um, CrossFit gym, we, we had this exercise on Friday. And, and, and it, was, it was hard. I've never even attempted the workout, and I didn't believe that I could do the workout. And as I'm telling the story, I'm actually getting a little bit mad at my coach because he just knew, he, he could, Lee knows me. When I walk in, he can, I've already seen the workout. He knows if I'm going to do a good job of the workout. He already knows that because he's done this long enough to know if I'm going to be able to do it. We didn't have a conversation about the muscle up. I'm a little bit mad at you. Why didn't you even you tell me to attempt it? Thanks a lot. And um, like there wasn't even, a, it wasn't even a thought of mine that I was even going to try. I didn't even believe I could do it. So it doesn't even matter if I can do it or not in here today. I get online with my buddies from, from all, over the, the, all over the country. I went to a small college in Missouri. All my friends are, we're all in CrossFit now. And they're all like, hey, how'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? I'm like, I can't even do a muscle up. So I don't know. Like I did it scaled, but I loved it. It was great. It takes a lot of, it, it beats your pride down in there. You know, I'm like, I'll do it scaled. I loved it. But I didn't even believe it. So it doesn't really even matter that I, if I could do it or not. If you don't believe that God can provide in your life, then guess what? It doesn't really matter if he can provide or not because you don't even believe that he can do it. So it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if the chair can hold you or not if you're not going to sit down in it because you don't believe you can sit on it. So you're not, you're not gonna, it doesn't really matter if you sit or not because you don't believe that it can. It really doesn't matter that God wants to bless you and you, it doesn't matter that God wants to give you, God's a good giver and he wants to give gifts, gifts to his children because you don't even believe it. So if you don't believe it, then you're never ever going to receive it today. I, um, I love hanging out with, with business owners. I love it because I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I, I went um, and, and watched Whitney Ski this week, and, and, and Matt's her coach, her fiance, which I work with my wife. God bless you guys. You know, you've done it for seven years, and it's a modern-day miracle. Like, God still does miracles. Like, you guys haven't killed each other for seven years. Congratulations. We work together. It's, it isn't easy. Like, um. I was out there and I was sitting next to Matt and Matt's coaching and and Matt has a, it's, it's a very high level water ski school. He's like that guy right there, number four in the world, and his daughter skis. She's number two. Like it's like high, it's not like people that are just trying to ski. Matt says to me this: I'm gonna teach you how to ski. Like it ain't me out there skiing. It's people that can that ski well. And um, I told Diana I need to ask Whitney how much I can say about you because like I don't I never ask, but I'm just gonna do it. Whitney. She's not just like a skier. She's a six-time world champion skier. So it isn't like she just started. Like, she's a really, she's good. So I was there day. I was like, I'm going to go see her ski. And I was next to Matt. I said, Matt, so I was watching her. And they got the thing with the big jump. You know that when they hit those jumps, some of these guys are going 65, 70 miles an hour. Like, driving at 70 miles an hour is fast. But to hit a ramp going 65 miles an hour, that is ridiculous. That's when you know you have great faith in God. Like, and Matt says, that's a, if you mess up on that ramp, that's an accident. Like, that's not a, you don't jump back into that real quickly. I said, I said this, I said, do you rent this? He goes, no, I bought this. I said, wow, this is awesome. And you guys are both humble people. And God bless us humbly. They're super humble. Like, they've done such a great, God's done so many great things with them. And like, they're just humble about it. And Whitney, you get that from your parents. I know that. Matt was saying very highly things of you. And it was just, I said, I said, this is awesome. He said, it took me four years to get permits for this lake. That's a drag. Four years. Four long years. 
But you know what he, you know what happened? You know what Matt believed? He believed. <laughs> he believed that one day there are going to be people out there skiing on that lake. He just knew that one day. He believed in the, that the abundance was going to come. He believed that. I've watched this CrossFit gym blow up super fast. I watched my brother-in-law build businesses. I watched my father-in-law build businesses. I watched some of you guys build businesses. I, and, and it all starts with believing. Greatness always starts with believing. My dad's here. He's a business owner. He just said, hey, Wes, you got to believe it. It's a faith business. That's all my dad's ever said. It's a faith business. I was talking to my buddy Chris the other day. He's, a, he's, a, he's an entrepreneur. He's a go-getter. He said, I just believe that God's going to take care of me. I got a month for this thing I'm, I'm working on. You have to believe before you ever receive. Wayne Gretzky said this long time ago, hockey player. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Some of you guys say your shots just going to start believing. Just start believing. Will abundance show up tomorrow? I can't. I'm not, the, I'm not the author of abundance. God is. I can't tell you it's going to show up tomorrow. It took four years. You're like, dear Jesus, I know you're up there, but please don't make it take four years. <laughs> I want the Lee Levette blessing where it only takes six months. I'll take that, God. <laughs> I'll just take that. Please. Believing produces abundance. And then here's the second thing. Abundance always follows obedience. Abundance always follows obedience. Elijah said, Elisha, come and follow me. And Elisha said, yes. And Elisha began to follow him and follow him and follow him. And Elisha says, I want a double portion of what you got. I want a double portion. I'll take a double portion. Serve it up, double I'll take it. That's what I want. And Elisha followed him, was just obedient. Come on, Elijah. Yes, sir. Come on, Elijah. Yes, sir. Come on, Elijah. Yes, sir. Elijah, go over there. Yes, sir. Now, you see him disobey him twice here in this story, so it doesn't really compliment the message very well, but he says, I'm staying with you. You told me to follow you. Like, I don't know if he was like, hey, play on words there, but I'm staying with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going with you. And he says, I want a double of what you had. The abundance came after the obedience. Elijah in the Bible, if you go on your, if you go on Google today, you can say, show me how many miracles Elijah performed. And the number 14 will come up. You also can go to Google today and type in how many miracles did Elisha and Elijah perform? You can, you can go and a list of, of both of them will come up. In Elijah's list, there will be 14 miracles. Elijah's. He was first. Elisha, his predecessor, when you get to his list, the one will be 14 with Elijah. On Elisha's list, 28. You're only ever going to you're only ever going to receive what what you believe that God can do in your life. You know, that's all you'll ever receive. If you're just going to get by, you believe that God can get you by, guess what God can do? He can get you by. If, you, if you're at the bottom, you're like, man, I believe my comeback is going to be incredible, and my comeback's going to be amazing, and my comeback's going to be the one that's going to be written down in the history books, then guess what it'll be? It'll be the comeback for the, for the history books. The Bible says in the Scripture, there's life and death in the power of your tongue. 
if you speak it, <clears throat> you speak life, life's going to come out. If you speak death, and that's what's going to happen. Can I ask you a question today? And do you believe in abundance? Do you believe in John chapter 10, verse 10, where it says that God's come to give you an abundant life? Do you believe that? I do. Tyler Ponce asked me a few weeks ago, he goes, did you have any idea that the church would be where it was at today? I said, honestly, I said, I had no clue. I believed that God was going to do something great, but I just didn't know to what, what level. But I know this, I'm not comfortable where we're at because I want a double portion. I'll take the double portion. If double the amount of people show up next week, I wouldn't know what to do. I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't know what to do at all. That'd be hard. I'd call Diana's dad and say, hey, we had twice the amount of people showed up. I wouldn't know exactly what to do, but I know this, I believe, I believe, I'm believing God for more. I'm believing God for more. I don't believe myself for more. I'm believing God for more. And the people that I know that are believing God for more, you know what I've seen thus far in their life? More. Derek owns a roofing company. He's leading worship next week. He owns a roofing company. I saw him post a picture. We, we did our first apartment complex. I was so excited. Dan is like, hey, did you see Derek? Did a, my brother did a apartment complex? I was like, I already saw that, liked it, and commented. I was so excited. That's big. That's believing for more. Derek took his team of people that he works with and he took them to Atlanta, flew them to Atlanta and they went and saw Coca-Cola, which is a great company and a great beverage. Jesus made Coke. You know what I'm saying? And he took them to see headquarters, uh, Chick-fil-A headquarters because those are two great businesses. He didn't take them there because he wanted to get them lunch, which that is smart if you, you know. Taking your, taking your employees to Chick-fil-A is not great, but when you fly them to Atlanta to get Chick-fil-A, it's a little bit different. But he believes, he believes God for more. And I just, you can just follow people on social media and see, you can tell whether or not they believe God for more. And then I realize if you're obedient, abundance always, abundance always follows obedience.